0: Hello, and welcome to My Story, His Story, Our Journey. This is Miss Mary here Welcome everybody into our journey for today. And I just wanted to remind everybody out there that we're still pushing to get this podcast out to as many people as possible. I would like to see us reach 100 listeners at this point. And um, I remind you to hit the like button, the follow button if you have one, so you will hear every episode when it appears, and to uh, contact a friend and send it to them so that they can enjoy going through these journeys with us. So I'm excited about today's journey, and I will see you over in my part of the story. Welcome to my part of the story. Well, this is the part of the story where I explain to you all what and how Jesus touched me during a specific moment in my life and what scriptures he used or he brung to my mind to relate to me and to communicate with me. You know, we we take for granted that God's word is timeless, just like he is timeless. And it is so important to read and study the Word of God, He says to hide it away in your heart that you would not sin against Him. And it's not just that, but everyday conversation. Like, to have a relationship with Jesus, you would have to say that you have conversation with Him. Like, who wants a relationship with their husband or their wife or girlfriend or boyfriend or even your children? And you never have conversation. You never communicate between the two of you. So, I treasure the relationship that I have with my Lord and the form of communication, you know, I read the scriptures and I study them and I usually learn something right away from even studying them, but he will bring certain things back to mind later on down the road. So this is how this happened, this journey that I'm going to be taking you on. Some of you may know and others may not know that I am a angler, And if anybody knows what an angler is, an angler is a fisherman, fisherman or fisherwoman. And my husband and I love it, just absolutely love going fishing together. Uh, He says he was blessed to have a wife that loved to fish. So I'm blessed to have him, and I enjoy fishing just as much as he does, if not more. Sometimes I'm the one prodding him and saying, let's go, get in there, let's go. It's time to leave. We need to get to the lake. And so he kind of chuckles about that. And then sometimes I get on his nerves. But uh, to tell my story, we were actually on the lake and I was fishing and we would talk about how nature was so beautiful and it's so peaceful on the lake. And, and you know, we're just thankful to God when we're out there because it just reminds us of all of the beauty that he's put around us and all of the things that he's really cherished us with that we may take for granted and just being out on that water and just concentrating and you know there is a joy and there is something to say about being still you know his word says be still and know that i am god and there's times that we take our uh, teenage foster children with us and it's not so still on the lake. (laughs) Uh sometimes it can get quite noisy when they're with us. But usually when him and I are fishing alone together, there's a stillness. It's almost like we're concentrating on the fish and we're just in awe of the beauty and how peaceful it is. And so you know we were out on the lake and it was just so peaceful and quiet. And I was just thanking him, you know, for creation and everything he's given me. And yes, I do have private little prayers with the Lord when I'm fishing. You know, I said, Lord, y- you were a fisherman. You you went out on the boat with Peter. And you understand that I- I'm-, I'm wanting to catch some fish today. And I certainly want to outfish my husband. So anyhow, I was out there fishing. And... It was a little bit later when I was in the truck and it was late and we were driving home that the Lord decided to speak to me about something different. And he reminded me of the scriptures of when he told Peter to come. And then he was known as Simon and we often call him Simon Peter. But he said, come for I will make you fishers of men. And as I was processing what he had said to Peter and realizing he said that to us as well. And I started connecting the dots between what he expects from us and my actual fishing ability and what takes place in fishing. So, that's my story. And when we pick it up in the scriptures, I'm going to tell you his part of the story and tell you the rest of what he brought into my mind and my heart about, are you really a fisher of men? And I will see you over in his part of the story. Welcome to his part of the story. So today's journey is a little bit different because the scripture that I'm going to read is going to be a lot more of talking and digging a little deep with inside of ourselves. And the scripture, I'm just going to read the scripture that I'm speaking of uh, as we were talking about fishing and how Jesus said, to Simon Peter and his brother Andrew come with me and I'll make you fishers of men and I'm going to go ahead and read that scripture and then we're just going to dive into the thoughts that process through my head and the conversation basically that I had with the Lord so I hope that this comes across good uh, for this journey because I have little scripture and more in-depth detail conversation really that I just felt like I had in my spirit with the Lord and I when I was coming back from the lake. So first let us go ahead and read. We find in Matthew chapter 4 verse 18 it says here while walking by the Sea of Galilee he saw two brothers Simon who is called Peter and Andrew his brother. Now this is Jesus that has saw them casting their nets into the sea for they were fishermen. Now, that is the scripture that I want you to focus on and think about. When Jesus laid this on my heart, he I had just been fishing with my husband out on a quiet lake, enjoying God's, green, God's creation, and all of the green mountains and hills and then the water and uh, birds and When you're out there, you're just so much in tune with nature, especially if you're still. And remember, I said that one of the greatest things about uh, a scripture in the Bible was be still and know that I am God. And sometimes in our fast-paced world, I don't think that we are still enough for Him. Uh, I think we miss a lot of God's blessings because we are always in a hurry we're rushing to get to the next appointment, the next thing to do, the next thing to do, which is why my husband and I often, as much as we can, like to get out on the lake because it does bring some stillness to to our life. And but remember, I was leaving when I was thinking about our fishing, you know, what we had just finished doing and the the few fish that we caught, and Jesus just brought it to my mind and my heart. It was like the Holy Spirit just said to me. Are you truly fishers of men? Now, some people may take that as Jesus is saying, and I might have even thought or crossed my thought, well, am I not supposed to take time down? (laughs) Sometimes we can get so busy, 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 doing everything, including ministry, that we never take any relaxation time. And I don't believe... that's what Jesus was telling me, that I shouldn't be out on the boat with my husband enjoying a beautiful day in the sun and just be busy about witnessing for him. Uh, Because we know that even God said in the seventh day, he made it for rest. So even God knew that we would need rest. And there was so many accounts where Jesus had left where he was ministering and went alone to be alone with the Father. And I often feel like I'm totally in the presence of God when I'm on the lake. So I had known in my thought pattern when he said, are you truly fishers of men, that it wasn't that I was taking time away because he's my father and he loves me. You know, I often think we forget about that too, that he's a good daddy. You know, he is the Alpha and the Omega and he is the Abba Father. You know, the Abba Father is they say is more like a term of endearment, like where a little girl would say, daddy. So why would he not want me to have fun? Why would he not want me to smile or enjoy myself? Of course he does. So what was the reason? Why would he say that? Why would he bring that to my mind? Well, I had an hour and a half trip back from the lake to think about it. As we quietly drove home in the middle of the evening, I was asking him, what do you mean? What do you mean, Lord? And it was like a conversation just between me and him. And I don't know if you can relate to that or if you've experienced that. I hope you've experienced that because like I said before, that is what a relationship is, is communicating between each other. And his spirit communicates with my spirit because I hold his spirit within me. And so... What I started doing is I started thinking like, out of all of the things that you could have said to them, why did he use fishing as an analogy? <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> well, they were fishermen and that was their main way of feeding them their and feeding their families. That's what they did by trade. But he said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. And then I started thinking about fishing. And that's when it started pouring into me, this kind of conversation between the father and I. See, because I thought to myself, what is it require of me to fish like I do with my husband? And then I started thinking, maybe that's what he's saying. Am I putting as much effort into being fishers of men as I put my effort into being a fisherman? Because it's interesting that these were fishermen that he was talking to and that he made that such a profound statement that we use all the time, come and I'll make you fishers of men. But if you break down, if you are a fisherman or a fisherwoman, then you know what it requires to catch the fish. And that's what he is wanting them to do, to go out and reach the multitude, reach the people with his gospel story. So I started thinking about that. And so I had made a little, jotted down a little notes that kind of come flooding into me. And the first note was love for fishing. See, people either love to fish or they hate it. I I never really see any too many in-between people. I mean, there's some out there, but not very many. And, you know, for you to be successful at catching fish, you have to have a love for fishing to start with. So that started making me think, well, Lord... Yes, I can see that because you have to have a love for people to care about their souls. You know, he said, love your neighbor as yourself. And then I thought, do I love other people as much as I even love vision? Are they a focus for me? Like, do I purposely think in my day? This person may be in my path for this reason. That person may be in my path for this reason. Do I always have the train of thought in my head that these are the fish? These are the people that Jesus said, I'll make you fishers of men. So see, you have to have a love for fishing to be good at it. So you'd have to ask yourself, are you good at reaching people? Do you have a love for people? I have a dear brother in in Christ that uh, we like to really give a hard time to, and his name is Sean, and he listens to this podcast, so he'll even be excited to hear his name possibly, but his name is Sean Moore, and we love to give him a hard time we pick on him and we tease him because he loves to talk so much. And see, I like to talk a lot too. And so we like to just pick at each other constantly. But the one thing that we would always say is he he goes nowhere without knowing a person or getting to know a person. He, he just jumps from one end of the church to the other end of the church to the other end. And even if you're in a social event, which lately he's been trying to learn American Sign Language, and he... Was introduced to the deaf community, and he was just fearless, even though he knows very little of this language. He went for the people, he was over here with these people, and then these people, and the, these people. He was all over that place. And you know, sometimes we can pick on him about Sean, you never go anywhere without knowing a person or trying to get to know a person. We can pick on him about that, but. That's what God's talking about. Love the people. Just like you have a love for fishing. Do you have that same amount of love and desire and dri- drivenness to get to know a person? Because you have to get to know a person before you can really relate to them and then relate to you to be able to give them the gospel. You know, there was once a, s- a saying, they want to know That you care before they care what you know. And I always thought that that was a powerful statement. They want to know that you care before they care about what you know. So that came across my mind about the love for the fish. And do I have the love for the people? And then I thought, and I jotted down here, patience to do it. (laughs) That's why a lot of people don't like fishing. They said, I can't get out there and just sit there with a pole all day waiting on one fish to come by. (laughs) But when you're in the boat and you have the love of fishing like I have and my husband has, we're waiting. We're just waiting for that fish. We can almost sense that fish under the water. It's traveling near us. You know, the whole time our poles are in the water, we just, we just want to believe that that fish is traveling near us or around our bait or around our pole. And we're, if we, if we get one, we're excited. If just one fish is brought to the boat, we're excited. And oftentimes we just enjoy God's green, green earth and his creation. So, you know, we come home happy, but there's still a little bit of disappointment that we didn't catch one fish after all of that work that we put in. (laughs) This made me think of pastors. I thought, I see it, Lord. I see it. Those pastors, they preach and they teach your word and they study your word and they just pour your word into people and they're waiting to see change. They're waiting to see revival. They're waiting to see that one person, that one person, come up to the altar and give their life over to the Lord. If just one person, just like if one fish makes it into the net, it was all worth it. But you know, what's interesting is patience is also fruit of the Spirit. So, as a believer that is supposed to be on a commission to go out and do what God said to do and spread the gospel and be a fisher of men. We should already be patient. We should already be learning patience. That's supposed to be a fruit of the Holy Spirit that dwells in us. So I thought, I can see it, Lord. You have to be patient to fish. You have to be patient to reach those in which you've put in our pathway. And then I've jotted down concentration. Like the focus on the fish. <clears throat> like I said, when me and my husband's out there, we're very quiet. We're almost like summoning the fish to us. We're thinking about these fish, and we're concentrating on them. And if you think about it, when you're a fisher of men, are you concentrating on somebody? Like, has God put somebody in your path that you know is not a believer? Or even out in your busy day, and something comes up, and you're like, you know, This is an opportunity. Are you concentrating on that person? Are you praying for that person? Are you praying that God gives you another opportunity to witness to them? Because I've often seen, like in Timothy, where it says they come unto you and then they come unto me. Like people will be in your life and they need a relationship with you. And they need to know that you care. And then, as time goes on, slowly, as time goes on, conversations will be held. Things will come up. They'll see that you're strong and stronger and in the times that they're weaker. They're going to say, "How do you do it?" And then you give glory to God. See, over time, concentrating on one person, if you even concentrated just on one person a year of being purposeful to spend time with them, to focus on them, to be patient with them, to love them, you may see a different outcome just because they didn't accept Christ the first time around. You know, often people say, well, it's only my job to give them the gospel. I can't save them. (laughs) Is it that easy? See, God put that in my heart. Is it that easy, Mary? Just give them the gospel once and, hey, you did your job. No. Are we patient with them? Do we concentrate on them? Do we really want to catch them? Do we really want them to understand the truth of the gospel? Are we investing our life and our time into it? And then I jotted down, Then you need to know the knowledge of the sport. Because <laughs> think about it. You know how many times I can have conversations with people that I don't even know. People that I just recently might might have met myself. And you have met a friend if you know about fishing. If you say, do you fish? Oh, yeah, I fish. Do you fish? Oh, yeah, I fish. I love fishing. Oh, really? Where do you fish at? You can almost have a two-hour conversation with a complete stranger that you have never met just over the knowledge of fishing. What kind of fish do you fish for? Really, what lakes do you go to? What bait do you use? <laughs> and you have to have the knowledge. You know, if they're like, oh, mm, I forget, um, I, don't, I don't know, it's some kind of bait. <laughs> it starts to get, you know, a little like, hmm. Well, you don't really know. You're not really an angler. You're kind of, you may fish every once in a while, but you're not an angler unless you understand the difference between a saw guy and a walleye. Und- understand the difference between fishing in a river and fishing in a lake. Understand the difference between what kind of uh, fish you're targeting. But it's the same with the knowledge of the Word of God. Are you prepared? Are you prepared with the Word? Are you prepared with your testimony? Are you prepared with the Gospel to be ready at all times to give an account, like the Lord said? Ready at all times to give glory to God and to let this person know and understand that you know from the Word of God. You can show them either the Romans Road or John 3.16 or you know, there's, you have to have some knowledge of the Word to be able to share the Word with them. So how knowledgeable are you on what you're doing? Because that's the conversation the Lord and I was having. I realized, yeah, you're right. I, I need I to be successful as a fisherman. I need to understand fishing. I have to have some kind of knowledge about it. Now, when I very first started fishing, I didn't. My husband was there and he was there to guide me and to show me and to teach me and to help me grow in the sport. But isn't that what we're supposed to do? We're supposed to have some knowledge of the word of God to be able to be ready to comfort that person, be able to be ready to, uh, you know, encourage that person. And if, if need be, convict sometimes we say things that can convict their hearts. But how much knowledge do you have? Or do you even have the knowledge of that person? Like, do you know this person well enough to know what you should say and what you shouldn't say? Because believe it or not, that's kind of important. You can give the gospel to a person and you don't have to get in a biblical debate It's called just sharing the love that you have for Christ, sharing your own testimony, sharing the gospel message. So many people want to just sit down and have this long argument or debate about their particular belief and their particular belief. This person may not really have a belief at all. We don't argue the Bible. We just need to have knowledge of the word to be able to use it at the given moment in time that the Holy Spirit calls you to say this or say that, just like I'm telling you what the Holy Spirit laid on me. And I hope that it's just in time, just in the right time for somebody out there that's listening, and I don't care if it's just one, but if it's just in time for it to make a difference and to teach you something about that profound statement that Jesus made, become a fisher of men, then my job is done. And the Holy Spirit's job is done through me. So you have to have knowledge of the fish. I also jotted down in my mind, because it was something I had said, that what's the goal? Why do I go out fishing? (laughs) Well, my husband and I, we go out fishing to enjoy ourselves, to become one with nature, to be in the presence of God, but as we go along, like we find ourselves sticking with almost a couple fish. It used to be we fish for bass and we fish for that and this and that, you know. But now we like to fish for fish that we can eat. So our goal is not just to go out and enjoy ourselves and to fish, but we want walleye. Make no mind about it. And the lakes here have more saugae or sauger. And you know, crappie is good eating, bluegill is good eating, but they're very small fish. So we find ourselves wanting to always go back out to Lake Erie where we can find the big walleye. And this fish is so delicious. It is so delicious to eat. And so I thought to myself, well, we feed ourselves. So how does that fit in? And then it was like, feed my sheep. (laughs) Like, what is our goal? Our goal is to reach people with the gospel of Christ. We have to feed them. We have to feed them this information. We are the ones, we are the ones to go and tell. He said, how will they know if someone doesn't tell them, if someone doesn't go? And then I had understanding bait. Hmm. See, because you got to lure the fish. The fish ain't just going to jump in your boat. So you have to understand the bait. And I thought, you are so crafty, Lord. Because instantly my mind just starts spiraling about all the different fish that we fish for. And we use all kinds of different baits. Like when we fish for walleye, we use two-ounce bottom bouncers with a worm harness. Because they seem to... Respond quickly with that particular bait when we're searching for them. Now, naturally, just a little worm on a hook is fine for a bluegill. You know, for each fish that you're fishing for, there is a particular bait that is going to be better to be used for that particular fish that will get a reaction, a color or smell, or particular, uh, we call a match the hatch, which is like shad, because often around here in the the rivers, they chase shad, so if you have artificial shad that looks like a real shad, they call that match in the hatch, so whatever happens to match what they're feeding on at that time, and (laughs) my mind just went crazy with the Lord, just absolutely crazy with that, because I thought of Paul when he said, for when I'm with the Greek, I am like the Greek. <laughs> and when I'm with the Gentiles, I'm like the Gentiles. Like Paul made sure that he matched the hatch. Wherever he was, he became one with this group of people. He said, I became as many to be able to reach just one. If, if, he, re- if he reached one, then it was worth it. So let me ask you something. Do you have the right bait? Are you just going through your day, just living it out the best you can from daylight till dark, start to finish, same routine, or are you purposely looking, purposely concentrating and searching for that one, when he said, I'll make you fishers of men, one man, one woman, one child, do you have the right bait, do you have the knowledge of the word, and then... You find yourself in a conversation because they will. People say, I just never, nobody ever says anything and I just never get the opportunity. That doesn't happen with me. I can't relate to that because I have so many people usually asking me questions because they know how much I love the Lord. And sometimes they feel awkward about one thing or another thing that they may be doing. And so they always want to challenge me and say, well, is this what the Bible said? Is this true what this is or that is? I find myself in many situations with like that. But see, you got to be careful about Just going full speed ahead and da 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 if that makes sense just run in your mouth or run in your mouth with the knowledge of the word because you have the knowledge of the word is that the right bait is that the right thing you're supposed to be doing at that given moment because if you listen to people carefully they're hurting they have pain they have anger they have confusion from satan based on what the world has told them is right and wrong. What is it that you should be talking about that moment? Listen to them. They will tell you what they need. They will show you the bait. They will show you what you need to do to help draw them. The Holy Spirit draws them, but but the Holy Spirit uses you use your temple, your body, your mouth. You, you must go. You must find them first. You must listen to them. And then you must hear them. Not just listen, hear them. What they're saying to you. Then go back to the word, to knowledge. And pull out of that word what that person needs to hear. Because that this book is huge. It is packed full of knowledge, and for every situation, if you watch just Jesus, if you just read the New Testament and watch Jesus and how he talked to people and what he had to say to people, and how he would answer a question with a question, use the right bait. Don't just go flopping any old thing out there. These people need something, they're looking, they're searching for something. They're searching to find out why they're even here for. What am I here for? They need Jesus. And you need to be ready. And you need to have the right bait. Then I jotted down, being aware of the fish. Are you aware of where they're at? See, when we're in the water... And we catch fish at a particular part of the lake. Guess where we go the next time? (laughs) We go right back to that spot. See, we even have what we call a depth finder that actually can see the fish in the water. So as, you know, some some fishermen say that we cheat when we do that. But I realized that, no. When we find fish, we hit a little button that says mark. Mark the fish. You catch a fish here? click, mark it. That means that this is a spot that I come back to next time and see if the fish is there. They may be there. They may not be there. But we're aware of where the fish were. And I kept thinking about this, and I thought, wow, that is so cool. Like, this was a conversation. This was a mental, spiritual conversation that I had with the Lord, and I thought about that depth finder, and I thought about how we mark, and I thought how wonderful it will be that if you spend time in somebody's life, and they may not be responding to Jesus right now, and, you know, you may just be planting the seed, and you may— go away for a while and somebody else may water it and you may think that person never received it but do you ever go back and check on that person have you ever went back to that spot that you had marked to see if that fish may be ready this time Hmm. we do we mark them we follow the fish trail Do you find yourself putting yourself in a position in the spots where fish are? You know, Jesus said, he was once approached by the Pharisees and says, why do you eat and socialize basically with the sinners? And he said, who better to need a physician than the sick? Are you in the right spot? Are you going back to the spots where they're in need? of a Savior? Have you checked up on that person maybe that you haven't talked to for a couple years and it may just be that moment in time where they're ready? The last thing that I had was set your mind to it. You know, when we go out, sometimes we got to get up early. We got a lot of preparation to do. We got to get the coolers. We got to get the worms. We got to Get all the poles out. If we need new new line, we put new line on. We got to check our bait. We got to make sure that's ready. You know, it takes quite a bit, and you have to set your mind to it. You have to determine, is all this work that I'm doing right now worth the trip to the lake? Because I could maybe not catch nothing. I may come back with just one, but I could come back with a boatload full of fish but you have to set your mind to it. There's times where we'll sit and we'll even turn fishing channels on to get better prepared and, and uh, to get more knowledge from those that have more knowledge than we have that's been in fishing for much longer. You got to set your mind to it. Hmm. And then I thought, Lord, I understand set your mind on the things of heaven and not the things of this world it was so profound that he would say go for i will make you fishers of men because if you anybody that knows anything about fishing back then they threw out nets and it was heavy heavy nets these these men would go out in storms they knew the weather they knew everything about it, like for Peter to be fishing all night long, pulling, throwing these huge nets out and dragging them back in and throwing them out again, dragging them back in again, and to come up on the shore and to, for Jesus to say, let's go back out. <laughs> you know, Simon was like, what do you know? You're a carpenter. I'm the fisherman. I'm the professional. But he just said, trust me. And he took him on his boat. And he went out where Jesus told him. And he threw the net where Jesus told him to throw the net. And they pulled in so many fish that day that it had almost sunk the boat. See, we got to think about that. Do we go out and do what Jesus wants us to do? Do we say what he wants us to say? Are we putting ourselves in places where he would have us to be to reach the multitude of people that are lost in this world? Are we setting our mind to the goal, the goal of what we're doing to catch these fish? That is the reward, to catch the fish. Well, that was what all we talked about. That is what all I was thinking as I was going back and forth in my spiritual conversation with him. I think it was so neat that it was fishermen that he chose to make such a profound statement to. Come and let me make you fishers of men. See, Jesus knew what it required of them to be so patient, to to do the work that they do. He knew how important they were going to be in his ministry. And it was such a beautiful analogy. And it just overwhelms my heart that he allows me to be a fisherman, and a woman, you want to say, with my husband as downtime. But also, that he gives me the privilege of being a fisherman of people. So that was what he told me. And that's the conversation we had. And I don't know if you felt the same way. Maybe if you actually fish, you this probably hits you even more so. But I hope that it all come together good for you like it did when I had that conversation with him just a while back when I was coming home from the lake. And I'm going to wrap it up there for that part, for his part of the story. And I will see you over in our part of the journey. welcome back to our part of the journey. Well, I hope you enjoyed the conversation and the journey that I had with Jesus and my thoughts on fishing and him saying that I will make you a fisher of men. And there isn't much more to really wrap up in our part of the journey except for this. I'm going to read the scripture again and then I want to talk to you about one more thing before we wrap up this journey. The scriptures Matthew 4 or Matthew 4 verse 18 While walking by the sea of Galilee he saw two brothers Simon who is called Peter and Andrew his brother casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen and he said to them follow me I will make you fishers of men immediately they left their nets and followed him and going on from there he saw two other brothers James, and the son, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father and followed him. Do you know what it is that I want to talk to you about? Did you hear that emphasis that I made on one particular word as I read it? Well, you've probably guessed it. It's the word immediately. See, these were four men that Jesus specifically said, Come, I will make you fishers of men. Follow me. And it didn't say that they wrapped up their day and then did it. It didn't say that they had to go home and discuss everything with and get the okay from the wife. It said immediately. And notice that the two brothers was even working with their father and this was probably a family business. Zebedee was their father so they even had to leave their father. Can you imagine giving up your whole career? Your lifeline, your, your ability to feed your family. Everything that you've ever known they were good at what they did. Peter was having him a bad day that day on the lake, on the Sea of Galilee. But he was still a good fisherman by trade. He knew what this would mean to, to leave everything as he knows it, to pick up and leave and follow Jesus. But they still did it. So my question to you is God the Father is gracious enough to bless you with a family, to bless you maybe with children and grandchildren, to bless you with a a way to take care of your family with a job. But he still said, come, I will make you fishers of men. So when that opportunity arises, you know, he loves you enough to let you live out this life. He wants you to have fun. He wants you to live out this life. He wants you to have family. He wants you to enjoy all the things He's given you to enjoy this side of heaven. But do you purposefully prepare or get ready to go out to be a fisher of men? Or even when it comes your path, It could be a long-lost person that hasn't seen you for years, and you might just be stopping at the store to pick up something right before church. But yet they run across you, and they're like, "What? How have you been?" And they're just talking to you, and and you know they're like, "You're so different. Why are you so different?" You know, and because I've had that happen, I've had old people from my past run into me, and they're like, "Mary, you are so different." And then I have to say, "Well, I gave my life to the Lord," and and you know, if they're still talking, and they're still interested, are you going to look at that watch and think, I got to get out of here, I got to get to church? Or are you going to do the Great Commission? If this is a person, this this, this is, could be a fish, biting on your line, nibbling. And if anybody's fishermen fisherman like me and my husband, as soon as you feel that little nug on that, that worm or that hook, you, you got to be patient. You can't just jerk it out of their mouth. You've got to let it take it. We always say, let the fish take it and let that rod bend all the way down before you jerk that rod up. If they're standing there and they're nibbling at your line and they're talking to you and they can see a difference in you and they're curious about why you're different and you have the ability to share this gospel story and your life with this person. Now, don't get me wrong. We should be in the house of God, around God's people, around God's children, learning the Word of God, giving praise and honor to God. But that doesn't supersede the Great great Commission. That doesn't supersede us being fishers of men. If you have the ability and one is nibbling at the hook, give it time. Let's think about it. Think about that don't make excuses not to go to church because God knows the difference there too. I'm not telling you to say, oh, well, I had a friend over and so I just didn't go to church tonight. No, what I'm saying is, is you got to be, you got to feel the spirit. The spirit is going to be telling you in your heart. He's going to be leading you. He's going to be showing you that this is a time right now that you need to invest in. But the thing of it is, is, Do we obey? Do we go immediately? Do we respond immediately? If we see a need or we see somebody there ready and willing to listen to you about the gospel. If they're asking questions and nobody's raising their voices, then answer their questions. They're nibbling. They're nibbling at that bait. They're fly. Like if you look back in their days, they only had nets. They didn't have poles like we have. But they're swimming. They're swimming into the net. They're curious. If they're curious and they're asking questions, you, do you have time for them? Are you going to make time for that person that God just put in your pathway? Let's be busy about the Father's business. Let's go out immediately and look and be patient and concentrate. Pray for God to put somebody in your path that you can witness to. Let us do our due diligence at being fishermen because it's not an easy job. It requires quite a bit from us to continue to be patient and to do the job of a fisherman. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this beautiful journey you took me on while I was driving home from the lake. And yes, Lord, I have to say that I think I'm more patient and more understanding and more knowledgeable and, uh, when it comes to being on the lake and fishing for just fish. And as I broke this down and as you talked to me, it was so beautiful. It was like you were saying to me, I had a purpose even in those words. I'll make you fishers of men. You showed to me almost all the gospel, the patience, the love, right down to the, the right bait, to the knowledge of the word. Like it just was beautiful. It was beautiful how you gave it to me. And I pray that I, re- I relate it perfectly like you did with, with me. Uh, thank you for using me to get this, this journey out there. And I pray that those out there that's taking this journey with me, it touches their hearts and it reminds them that fishing isn't easy. It's a job to be had and you have to be focused on it. You have to purposely put your mind to it. Lord, help us purposely put our mind to the people that are coming around us, that are in front of us, that you put in front of us for a purpose. Let us sit patiently watching, waiting for that first nibble, ready with the Word of God and the knowledge that we need to have to give to them to draw them closer to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for such a beautiful analogy and lesson. I thank you for it. Thank you for allowing me to share it. And thank you for dying on the cross for us. For it's in your precious name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for taking this journey with me and I hope it makes as much sense to you as it did me because it certainly did because I do love to fish and honestly I love reaching people as much as I love fishing but I just don't know that I've purposely put my mind to it like I purposely put my mind to going fishing and preparing. Am I prepared enough For those that are out there waiting on us as I prepare myself to go to the lake. That's my lesson that he's taught me. And I hope that you get your lesson from uh, this journey too. Thank you for taking it with me. And I will see you next time on My Story, His Story, Our Journey.